Good afternoon, everyone. This is Jonathan D. Ray, Director of Career Development at Soka University. And today I have a very, very special guest. I have Dr. Sarah England, uh, Professor of Anthropology at Soka University. And she's going to talk a little bit about the Fulbright Scholarship. Uh, First of all, Sarah, how are you doing? And thanks for joining us. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm so glad we're able to collaborate on this because... Uh, certainly, and you have knowledge and background in this area, but uh, you know one of the things that we have offered over the years is the Fulbright Scholarship, among others. But like a many, a lot of people, um, I really don't know what it's about, and certainly I'm trying to find ways to reach students. So, uh, so before we even get into that, could you just kind of tell me a little bit about yourself and your background, if you don't mind? Okay. Um, so. Yeah, most of the students probably know me. I teach anthropology. I also teach um, in international studies, so I do courses on Latin America. I'm also the core coordinator at four, one, and two. I've done lots of learning clusters. Um, yeah, so I've been teaching at SOCA since 2002, so almost from the very beginning, really seen it grow. And for a long time, we didn't have a Fulbright a program advisor. So this was something that when Brian Pinfraze became dean, this was three years ago, um, he decided that SOCA really needed to um, have a more concerted effort at getting students to apply for Fulbright. Um, so, you know, students can apply for Fulbright without the university having a program. Um, but it's just the program advisor makes it easier because there's a lot more structure in terms of helping with uh, the essays and, you know, giving feedback on the whole process and so on. So, yeah, so I became the Fulbright program advisor uh, two years ago. So this will be the third year. And I guess they, I don't know what his thinking was, but made thinking that I was a good person to do it because as anthropologists, that's what we do. You know, we spend a lot of time uh, doing research and, and things outside of the United States. Um, and, uh, yeah, so. Okay, good, great. Well, well thanks for sharing that. Um, and, and so just even on a base level, can you explain what the Fulbright Scholarship is? Mm-hmm. So the Fulbright is it's actually a really large program that was started after World War II. Um, so it's been around for quite a long time. And the main purpose of it is basically to foster... Uh, cultural exchange and cultural understanding between the United States and the rest of the world. So the Fulbright has all kinds of things. It it, um, it uh, sponsors faculty members from other countries to come and spend some time teaching at U.S. universities. If as faculty members, we can also apply to go to other universities. It sponsors research projects for graduate students. Um, Even administrators can actually get Fulbrights, right? So there's all kinds of ways that it it basically is trying to create possibilities for people from the United States to be able to have experiences abroad in a way that they're really learning about that country and those people and the issues in that country, but also for people in those countries to have contact with people from the United States so they can also learn more about the U.S., U.S. culture, U.S. politics, um, and the English language, how we use it in the United States, right? So they have pro- they have uh, opportunities, like I said, all the way from recent uh, undergraduate, grad- graduate, you know, 
students who've just graduated from an undergraduate program, graduate students, professors, administrators, all different kinds of levels. Um, but what I'm gonna, what I'm here to really talk about is the one specifically for, you know, recent uh, graduates. This would be what SOCA students would be uh, eligible for applying, applying to. Yeah. Oh, good. Great. I, I did not know they had Fulbrights for scholarships. I, knew, I did know they had them for professors and students, but administrators as well. Oh, that's interesting. We'll have yeah. to talk offline about that. Yeah. Um, so in general, and again, specifically for the ones for students and, and, and recent grads, what are some of the type of projects that are, that are generally accepted or are certainly considered? So, so first of all, it's really important to know that the Fulbright, um, the only only students who are U.S. citizens are eligible for Fulbright. Um, and basically the idea is that they, Fulbright pays for you if, you, if you win one of these scholarships, to go to um, another country for about a year, right? Um, and engage in some kind of academic slash cultural exchange, right? So. Basically, Fulbright's great for uh, students at this level. They break down into, I guess there's really four different types. So one of them is the English teaching um, uh, grant. It's called the ETA. And basically, this is for students who uh, would, would be uh, in a classroom in the country that they're interested in. Um, that classroom, it could be anything from little kids to university students. So they, they often have these at very different levels. You could be working with say first graders or you could be working with university students. And your function is basically just to be an English, a native English speaking present in the classroom, right? So you're an assistant to the, the professor, right? Oh, great. Okay. Um, so, so the idea is that you, you wouldn't be, uh, you know, creating the lesson plan or anything like that. It would basically, you're, you're the assistant, you're helping in the classroom. So that's one type of grant. Um, another type of grant is called the Open Research Slash Study Grants. And these are more like, um, kind of like what you might do as a graduate student, where you have to come up with a research project, you have a research question, you have a method. And you say, okay, I want to go to, I don't know, um, Nigeria, and I want to do research on environmental issues, right? Um, and you go and you carry out that project. And it can really be basically, you know, whatever you think that you, you would like to, to work on. They also have the same kind of thing for arts. So if you're an artist, if you do visual arts, if it could be any kind of art, um, and you want to not study art, but you actually want to carry out an arts project. Those are also supported by Fulbright. Um, and then the other kind is uh, graduate studies. So Fulbright also supports students who want to apply for um, graduate study in another country, usually just at the master's level. Some of these are open. In other words, again, you can, you know, you can just choose uh, whichever graduate program in countries that accept those. Um, others are more specific. They're for specific universities or they're for specific programs. And I just, uh, the ones that, are, there are also some that are very field specific. So for example, they have ones specifically for arts, journalism, business, and STEM. Just to give you a really quick idea, I thought I was looking at the list 
and some of them are very specific. So for example, you could go to Iceland to study Arctic research, oh. a master's program in Arctic research. Or you could go to Italy to study gastronomic sciences. <laughs> or you could go to Korea to do Korean studies, right? So some of them are very open and some of them are more specific. So, um, you know, it's just a matter of going to the website. Uh, they have a place where you can click on the country that you're interested in, and then it will have a list of all the different opportunities. So it could be anything from, you know, the ink teaching to open study. You can just choose your topic to something very specific, and there, there's a lot of variety. Good. Thank you. Thank you for that, that thorough breakdown. And, and so segueing into the, the final couple questions, so for the Fulbright, uh, what is the process? And you mentioned a little bit about uh, the way students can apply. Can you expand upon that a little bit? Um, yeah, so the, the whole application process through the website. Uh, so you would go to the U.S. Uh, Fulbright student program and all the application materials on there, it explains how to do it. Um, there's lots and lots of uh, help. There's lots of little tutorials and webinars that give uh, advice on how to do it. But basically, you fill out a form that, you know, you give a Yeah, so what Sarah was saying is that we have to go through, um, you have to go through the website and... Um, yeah. Oh, and there she is. Uh, she came back on, but she was saying you can apply through the website uh, to start the process, and I'll let her expand upon that. Okay. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, there's some weird feedback. <laughs> uh, in any case, yeah, the, so everything is on the website. It gives you all the instructions. It gives you tutorials. It gives you webinars. Um, you fill out a form, and then you have to write a personal statement, and you have to write a grant statement of purpose. So it's, it's kind of a similar process to applying to grad school. Um, in that sense, except that really uh, what, you know, Fulbright is not so much emphasizing your academic abilities per se. So like a lot of times students will ask me about grade point average. That's not something they're really looking at. They're really looking at more your personal qualities. Are you uh, the kind of person who uh, will adapt well in another, in, you know, in another country? Um, you you are really actively want to learn about the other country. You want to share something about um, your own background. Uh, you work well with other people. You're adaptable and, and so on and so forth, right? Um, so those are really the, the kinds of qualities that, that, that they're looking for. Uh, so everything is filled out um, through the, the website. Then it gets submitted to that you, you submit the application. The internal deadline for SOCA is September 28th. So everything should be submitted by September 28th. Now, what that means is that I then can see it, download your application. I create a committee specifically for you based on what country you're going to, what, you know, what kind of project you're doing. We interview you and then we give you feedback on application. I unsubmit the application and then you have until October 13th to submit the final final application so that's really the that's basically the process so the final deadline is october 13th um so if you are interested in fulbright it's very important to start looking now <laughs> uh at the what is you know what what it what's out there what you're interested in you know thinking about 
the process. That's, well, that's great. And, 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 to, and to Sarah's point, and to Sarah's point, um, just getting in as early as possible, because again, the initial deadline is the 28th and the final deadline is October 13th, which was going to happen rather quickly. So, um, and, and just finally, Sarah, are there any kind of quick tips as far as this that you want to share with uh, with anybody who's interested in applying? And, and, and so everybody knows, uh, Sarah and I are collaborating on this, and we're going to be trying to help each other out in this because, uh, you know, SOCA has had a decent history of having Fulbright's, um, you know, from the institution, and we certainly want to continue that. Uh, but given the virtual elements of what we're facing today, uh, you know, we want to make sure that everyone is fully aware of the process, you know, what the type of projects, uh, and then also just the deadlines, more importantly. So any final tips you want to share with anybody who's interested, Sarah? Um, I mean, basically, get started as soon as possible. Uh, like Sarah said, look at the website, see what, what's out there, see which countries have what, because not all countries have all of the different type of grants. Um, there are um, some countries that get a ton of applications. There's some countries that get fewer. You can actually find that information also. Uh, and then, then start talking. If you are interested, get in contact with me because I can send you all kinds of materials that give tips on how to write the personal statement, how to write the uh, grant statement of purpose. Um, explore the website, like I said, also has a lot of information. But the earlier you start, the better. Uh, it is very, very competitive, um, but I think that one of the reasons we've had good success at SOCA is because SOCA students are, you guys are really well prepared for Fulbright. Like the things that Fulbright's looking for, you know, people who are uh, global citizens, people who are interested in cultural diversity, people who have had some experience abroad, so you can kind of show them that you're, you know, you're adapting So, so Sarah, I want to thank you so much for doing this today. And everybody, uh, know that um, I th- I will post this information uh, certainly beyond the podcast. I will post in our newsletter, which comes out every Monday. It'll have links that are available for information about uh, the Fulbright and how to contact uh, Sarah. But again, Sarah, I want to thank you for uh, attending today. And and as always. Uh, Soka students, go Lions, and we'll see you next week on the Friday Five. Thank you.